0: Equipping speakers to make an impact, it's the Key 5 Podcast, for speakers, by speakers, with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast, for speakers, by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Charlie Engel, a writer, runner, recovering addict, and keynote speaker. He's the author of the book, Running Man. And he refers to himself as an addict who runs and a runner who writes. Let's get started. So, Charlie, in uh, one sentence, what do you speak about?
1: I speak about this idea that any obstacle can be overcome if I'm willing to adapt to the changing circumstances.
0: That's succinct. I like that. And uh, the adaptation, obviously, is a key part. <laughs> how, how did you end up in the business, though, of being a speaker?
1: Well, and it's because I did have to adapt to a lot of things. Uh, about 10 years ago, I took on a, a pretty big challenge. I ran nearly 5,000 miles across the entire Sahara Desert. Wow. And <laughs> I ran about 50 miles a day for 111 consecutive days without taking a day off. And what I learned pretty early on in that adventure was if I didn't adapt to (laughs) the myriad of things that went wrong every single day, I was never going to make it. So that, that really laid the groundwork for my philosophy.
0: Well, and, and so I love your philosophy. Did you know ahead of time before you went into that running marathon that you would end up being a speaker?
1: You know, I've, I had a desire to be a speaker, and I, I felt that my story was, uh, certainly had some things worthy of speaking about before then. I had been I'd been sober for about 18 years at that point, and, and I certainly had uh, been through some things in my life. But I, I really did feel like this run across the Sahara might give me an opportunity to uh, to really further my speaking career, I, I co founded a nonprofit called water.org. Technically, back then it was H20 Africa, but with Matt Damon, uh, who was a partner of mine in this big run across the Sahara. And I knew that I wanted to get this message out about the fact that everybody in the world deserves a clean drink of water. And so that made me very determined not only to finish the run but also to learn how to speak and how to how to be able to carry my message to an audience in a way that would uh, allow them to see what I was doing and hopefully be attracted to that.
0: Well, I have to say very impressive not just the running also the purpose I love behind that and and just as you learned a lot in your I'm sure through that whole experience of the marathon What have you learned that you look back now that you wish you'd known when you first got started in speaking, uh, what could you share that you wish you'd known then?
1: You know, when I, my very first big talk was to an audience of almost 2000 people. And this was, you know, I had done a lot of rotary club talks and, and all of that and trying to learn how to be a speaker. And I gave this talk in front of 2000 people and I had an hour And I felt like I needed to tell them every single thing about my life. (laughs) Otherwise, they wouldn't have any context for who I was. And it was a huge mistake. And so I wish I had known then that it wasn't necessary for the people in the audience to know everything about me. If they wanted more information later, they could look it up. But I needed to just focus on the message I was trying to get across and not... Uh, not necessarily try to tell them every single instance from the moment I was born to that very minute.
0: That's great learning. And I appreciate you sharing that. I don't think anyone's ever said that to a, on our show before. So uh, thank you. And, and I clearly you have some stories that you probably share, not just from your running, but from your life as you, what is it that you do to, I guess, develop a key story that you may use across multiple presentations?
1: You know, for me, it's all about having experiences. So for me personally, I need to go out there and do things, whether they're physical, whether they're, you know, fundraising efforts, whatever it is, I need to go have an experience and then have an anecdote to talk to my audience about. I'm not an, I'm not an educator in the sense that I'm going to stand up there and tell someone, even though I'm a pretty good runner. I'm not the guy to go up there and say, okay, on Monday you should run this far and on Tuesday you should run this far. Instead, I'd rather tell a story about my running and allow people to learn from that if they choose to. And I, and I think that that's, you know, for me, I have to go out and have experiences. And usually that does mean uh, have some pain and suffering and go, <laughs> go earn a few blisters and sweat some and maybe bleed a little bit and then come back and tell the war stories.
0: Wow. Now, just uh, as a question of mine, uh, this term, uh, an ultra marathoner, is that how you would define yourself? I've read a book about that, but is that the kind of running you're doing?
1: It is. It is. So pretty much ultra marathons are defined by, you know, technically anything that's longer than a marathon. To most of us that do ultra running, 50 miles and longer is really an ultra. And most of what I do these days, I mean, I'm 55 years old too, but most of what I do these days is you know, 100 miles on up. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenge every time I do it. And that's what I love about it. I don't ever step to the starting line of a 100 miler and think to myself, well, this is going to be easy. (laughs) You know, because there's just no such thing. And so I know I'm going to learn some lessons. And, And again, I think for for the people in your audience that are listening, you know, and I'm not an advice giver, but it, but it is, you know, it's, it's difficult to appeal to your audience. If you're not out there having the experiences that you're talking about or that you're trying to convey.
0: Absolutely. Um, Charlie, as I I think about the examples of what you're doing here and I love what you said, you start a hundred mile run. You don't assume it's going to be easy. So, you know, let's say a presentation is coming up. You've given lots of them. Uh, what do you do to ensure you're going to have success and that you'll be relevant to that audience you're going to be speaking to?
1: Oh yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think the, for me, there's one absolute and that is, you know, I never tell the audience what they should think or how they should feel. I trust them that if I have done my job and I've told a good story they will overlay their individual experiences over what I've shared with them and they will find their own things to relate to. Cause I don't want to go talk to an audience of, of quote unquote, you know, regular people who don't run hundred milers and, and tell them nothing but, you know, how they should be running hundred milers. Instead, what I want them to do is think that anecdotally what I'm sharing with them are, are tools that they can use to maybe have more determination in their business or to have a better relationship with their spouse. You know, there are tools in uh, focusing on one step at a time, which very often as an ultra marathoner, all I can worry about is that next mile, not, not the 50 miles that are in front of me because I can't control those. I can only focus on what's in front of me. So that's the message I really try to make sure I convey every single time.
0: I love it. I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's really neat. Uh, so Charlie, you know, as a professional speaker, we're in the business of, of adding value to others, but that's how we make a living. Are there ever times that you would recommend a speaker uh, speak, speak for free? And if so, why and when?
1: That's a that's a tough one. And, and yes, though, is the answer. Absolutely. Because, you know, I have an agent, I have someone that's out there looking for speaking gigs. And, and this is how I make at least part of my living. And so I get inquiries quite often from people who I know aren't going to be able to afford my my corporate fee, you know, the, the fee that I hope to get. So I will very often, instead of saying, okay, but I'm willing to do it for this, I will go back to them. And I think this is a great tip for all speakers because it's an uncomfortable position sometimes to vow, to put value on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I will go back to them very often and say that, you know, here's my regular fee. Sometimes, you know, if it's a nonprofit, I certainly will speak for free. Um, it's, it's rare that I won't at least ask them to pay for my transportation expenses and put me up and maybe a small honorarium. But you know, I believe strongly in my message and the things that I want to share with people. And so I will absolutely go speak to a large audience for free. If, if I believe it's an audience that can also then further Uh, my speaking career and then sometimes it's just a matter of if it's a cause that I believe in and and I want to support what they're doing of course I'm gonna go if I ever lose that that willingness to go out there and speak for free then I I probably need to find something else to do but I also need to not give it away all the time I have to you know I have to be able to make a living at this and and I think that my speaking does have value and I think that's hard lesson for many speakers to learn
0: Fully agree that it is value and it's recognizing it, but then balancing it with other priorities that you may want to um, promote as, like you say, in nonprofits. Uh, As we wrap up here, Charlie, any uh, secret tips or tricks that you could share about speaking with our listeners?
1: Yeah. So just a couple really. And I I think the one for me that stands out because early on in my career, I, I, I taped myself. So, Make sure, even if it's a small group, even if all you're doing is setting up your own iPhone or whatever, be sure to tape yourself from time to time, because what you think you sound like and what you actually sound like very often are two different things. <laughs> and, you know, and also slow down. You know, I'm a fast talker. I, I get on a roll and I get excited. and I, I just fly through my material without learning to pause for effect. And that also is why it's important to videotape yourself once in a while. And, and as excruciating as it is for me to actually look at myself sometimes, <laughs> it's been incredibly helpful in my career to get some of those humbling lessons to see that, okay, here's where I can improve. And I think the final, the final tip I could get give is, you know, don't practice too much. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you're a professional speaker, you should know your own story. And if it is your story, it's not like you can be wrong. So have your notes, do some practicing, but go in there and just, you know, get it done and adapt to the changing circumstances of giving a talk.
0: Good advice. I appreciate you sharing that, and Charlie, especially about video, though. <laughs> video never lies. That's a really good one, as uh, Alan Hoffler, our speaker coach at the Key 5 Conference, always says. <laughs> good for you. Uh, Charlie, this has been great. Thank you so much. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. My pleasure, Robert. Now, let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about why you don't want
2: to memorize your speech. When we learned poems and speeches in elementary school, we were always asked to memorize them. Notes were not allowed. Now as adults, we watch A-list, professional, or high-profile political speakers speak fluently with apparently no notes. Many times they have notes, but it may not be easy to notice them. I think this pressure to memorize speeches is a big mistake. And the higher the stakes, the more important it is to not rely on your memory for the message. Stress does crazy things to the mind. And the last thing you want is to go blank at the wrong time. It's also harder to focus on inflection, movement, and audience reaction when your mind is required to call up exact phrases and words. Some people can do it well. It certainly isn't wrong to memorize a speech. But if you aren't gifted and practiced in the art and you have A-list delivery skills to go along with it, then I think memorization is probably the wrong goal to aim for. Notes are never bad. It's better to have a great message. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute.
0: Thanks, Alan. There's nothing memorized here, but there is structure to the whole podcast, and I think that's one of the things that professional speakers do well. On our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Dr. Ann Colts, a physician and wellness expert who's devoted to empowering you to live your healthiest life. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to KeyFivePodcast.com. That's K E Y and the number five, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to KeyFivePodcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to KeyFivePodcast.com. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.